the theme for these three days have been switching systems, switching systems. We have been talking about the new creation in Christ, going from self-effort, just a little summation of yesterday, we're going from self-effort to entering into his rest, no longer relying to establish your righteousness, your justification, even receiving heaven's promised blessings by your own doing, rather trusting, putting your confidence in the faith of Jesus, uh, uh, agreeing with what has already been satisfied. Therefore, since you are in agreement, you are entitled to what God has already promised. Now, I stated on day one that the message of faith is probably the most important message that you need to hear and really get a understanding on as a new creation in Christ. Why do I say that? Because the just, those who have been declared right by Jesus, those who are born again, those who have made Jesus the Lord of their life, shall live, shall walk. That word walk, live is interchangeable in the Greek. So the just shall live, the just shall walk, the just shall live, the just shall walk. The same thing by faith. And that faith, it is not our faith, but it is faith in Jesus. We put our faith, our confidence in him. Why? Because he has satisfied all things. Are you with me? So we've been talking about switching systems, living from God's government. And we've seen this, that we're our citizenship, our commonwealth is of the kingdom of God. And it is God's good pleasure to provide for his children, for those who are a part of his kingdom. Now, something else uh, we need to understand is that, and we've seen this throughout scripture, is that we're no longer to be conformed to the world's way of doing things, fashioned after the world. Why? Because we've seen throughout scripture, and we've seen this in Colossians 2, that uh, verses 2, uh, Colossians 2, verses 8 and verse 20, that when we allow ourselves to govern our lives based upon the principles of the world, we are cheated. We are literally carried away uh, like prey in the mouth of predators. In other words, we have, in the Greek it literally means we have become victims of fraud. When, when we live according to the philosophy, empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, the basic principles of the world. You, you, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And what's going to make the difference as my bishop, my spiritual father, Bishop Clarence E. McClendon, as I stated the other day, and it bears repeating again, he's been doing an awesome teaching on living above the world. And in succinct, his message is about it is the evidence that is going to make the difference, not how good you preach. Not what type of service you have. You can have the smoke screens, the dark lights, the white lights, the bright lights. You can do all of these things. But what's going to reach this generation is evidence. <laughs> because you can do all of these things, but what people are seeking is something different. And it is that life of faith that we live in Jesus that makes the difference. Why? Because he does the supernatural. He does those things that cannot be explained, but at the same time, they cannot be denied. And that is what makes the difference. So today for the subheading, <coughs> excuse me, and I used this or I said this yesterday, and I want to go back and show you line upon line, precept upon precept. So we're talking today under the theme switching systems, living from his faith. Amen. Talking about God's in-birth persuasion. And I admonish you, beloved, um, one of the things that I encourage or admonish you to do is to go back and revisit all things that I've heard relative to the teachings of faith. Amen. Have all those things been wrong? Absolutely not. 
is there, are, are there greater truths and revelations that are to be disclosed? Absolutely, yes. So when I go back, the things that, that are still proper and correct and in a line and are useful, hold on to those things while adding to them things that God has been disclosing over the course of these last three days. I would that you not be a person who becomes hard-hearted and stick to traditions that no longer serve you. Are you with me? So we're talking about God's in-birth persuasion, living from the faith of Jesus. What do you mean? That's when Jesus satisfied, when he declared, it is finished. The sin debt was paid in full. Everything that came as a result of sin, Christ rectified it. And we're now back in that place where Adam was before he fell. It's, it, it's understanding your righteousness based upon Jesus what he did is, is coming into agreement with your righteousness. If Jesus said I'm righteous, I am righteous. I, I'm not trying to become righteous by being self-righteous. I am righteous by virtue of Jesus. Even in the midst of me working on perfecting areas where there is great need of some correction and change. It's understanding my justification based upon what Jesus did. It's, under, it's understanding my sanctification, holiness, based upon not what I do. I'm not holy based upon what I do. I'm holy based upon what Jesus did, and I disagree with that. It, it, it's, it's receiving your healing based upon what Jesus did. As I said yesterday, there are those who have latched on to the idea that perhaps there's something that you have not done in your flesh and God is withholding healing from you. That is not the type of God that we serve. You have already been here. Again, that is not the kind of God that we serve. It's not your doing that's withholding uh, healing, the manifestation of healing. It's the way that you believe I submit to you. And if it have not manifested yet, if you are in agreement, one or two things are happening. It's either closer or on the way, or you have changed your confession. So I admonish you, hold fast to your profession of faith. It's receiving your deliverance. Coming into agreement with what Jesus said about your deliverance, what he said about your wealth, what he said about living from his victory. See, everyone born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory, even our faith. What, hold on. It's not your faith that got the victory. It was his faith that got us the victory. And it's when you put your faith in his faith, you live from a place of victory. You're not trying to get victory. You are fighting from a place of victory. So let's look at the verses that declares the just shall live by faith. And I won't to convey, and, and, and I'm being dilatory by design. I, I'm going to retard this. I'm going to slow down on purpose because I, I, I want you to get this. I want you to chew on it. Let it sit. Chew on it again. Chew on it. Don't swallow it yet. Chew it. Let it sit. Let it seep. Feel the flavor out of what Holy Spirit is saying. Because here's the thing. The Bible declares that the word of God is like a hammer yes, that breaks the rock into pieces. Or one translation says the most stubborn yeah. beliefs or attitudes. So you have to hear this word yes, over and over yes, and over 
and over and over until it begins to create new furrows and the trajectory begins to change. See, you can't just hear this one time and expect. Now, liberation can come, but the transformation comes over time. So just because you heard it today and you, you rejoice and excited, if I don't keep hearing it, you will be right back in performance-based religion tomorrow. So what we're going to establish today is whose faith that we actually live from and where our faith comes into play relative to whose faith we're living from. Because in actuality, you know, our faith, we, we, you know, in the sense that if we're trying to do it, we can't do much. We, we really can't do much. We can barely bust a grape. But if we place our faith in what Jesus has already done, it's almost like this. Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? You have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You've already been blessed. So you're not working to get. You should, you, rather than working to get what's already yours, just believe to receive. Ooh. Just believe to receive what's already Are you here? Yeah. Romans 1.17. Ready? Let's read. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. At it, as it is written, the just shall live how? They shall live how? Live how? By faith. Galatians 3.11. But that no one is justified by the law, self-effort, <laughs> in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by See, again, under the old covenant, the justification came by keeping demands. Under the new covenant, we're justified by believing that what Jesus did was enough, not by keeping a bunch of demands. Are you here? Not that the law was no good, but the law, trying to keep the law in and of itself is not enough to save you. Because you could go through all of the motions of trying to keep the law, but yet not believe. Are you here? Hebrews 10, 38. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live how? By, by how? By now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So when you draw back from having that faith in Jesus, see, God loves you. As I stated the other day, he will bottle your tears. He, 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 he can identify with every form of pain, anything that you are dealing with. But heaven does not move off emotions. Heaven moves based upon your agreement. Heaven moves based upon your harmony with the Father. So, in other words, when you are in faith, so you can cry, but crying doesn't manifest heaven's blessings. We'll empathize with you. But, but and the reason being because God is bound by his word to perform it, not your emotions. Now, so we've seen these three verses, and I want to read Habakkuk 2.4 because this particular verse is where I believe we got, whether it was uh, 
on purpose or by default. But this is why I think we got the idea that the just live by his faith being our individual faith. And for some reason, which is not, that was the case, that's still Old Covenant. But that particular verse never meant that the just should live by his faith. Talking about the individual. Who understands what I'm saying? Wave at me. But it was assumed, or it, the, the, again, the presumption was that the just should live by his faith. So we have been trying to do things by our own reason to acquire what already is. And, and, and I pray that even preachers and pastors and those who are students of the word, that, we're, that we become individuals who uh, uh, study to show ourselves approved. And we just don't take your word for it. And see, that anybody, now the whole world has a platform. And just because you have a platform doesn't mean that you are teaching truths. So even when my pastors say it, go back and study to make sure because man is not above being in error. And sometimes one of the fallacies of man, we just take it and run with it. No one ever stops and asks, how come we've never sat down and investigated this verse or any other verse for that matter? Are you here? But let's, let's, let's read it first. Now, again, well, let me say this. As I share with you, Habakkuk was troubled because of the wickedness that was going on around him. And he begins to ask God a series of questions. Again, you can ask God questions. The old churches, you can't question God. You can ask God as many questions as you want to. Matter of fact, you have not because you ask not. Now, whether or not you like the response, that's between you and God. But it is no, it is no sin to ask God questions. So in God's response to a of course, he tells him to write the vision, make it plain so those who read it may, may run uh, for the vision may tarry. But though it seemed to tarry, wait for it. It shall surely come to pass. So let's read this verse. Matter of fact, the Amplified pretty much puts the stamp on what I've been saying for a long, long time now. Look at the proud one. His soul is not what? Right within, within him. But the righteous will live by his faith. Who? In the true God. So his faith is making reference to the individual's faith in God, not living from his faith in the sense that I am acquiring these things on my own effort. No, we put our confidence in the true God. Are you here? And what does the amplify? Does It amplifies. What do you mean amplify? It brings greater clarity to what the writer is saying. So here we know that the writer is not talking about your faith. He's talking about your faith in God. Are you here? The true God. Notice his soul is a symbolic reference, again, of Babylonia. The nation had become proud and puffed up, and as a result, they were unrighteous and facing God's judgment. In contrast, this is what he's saying. The righteous or the just live by faith in God, whereas the proud, what, trust in themselves. And if I'm trying, if I'm relying on self-effort, I become proud. I'm trusting in self. I have left God. Yes. 
Jesus came more, beloved, than for just you to go to heaven. Once you receive Jesus, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You, you are set for eternity. Why? Because the Bible lets us know that when you receive salvation, you have eternal life now. But while you are still in this earth realm, there are principles that, that, that God has outlined in his word that would make life easier if you would place your faith in him. Would things come at, come at you? Absolutely. Jesus said in his word, you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And if you put your faith in me, you will overcome the world also. So nobody's saying be oblivious to the enemy trying to attack. Nobody's saying that weapons won't ever, uh, won't ever try to be formed. They just won't prosper. If you know how to live in agreement. And if they're prospering, I'll submit to you, perhaps you are not in agreement. So here we see what we've already... We've, thus far, we've, we've have established that the just shall live how? By faith. And that faith is in who? Okay. So we just don't want to take my word for it. We want to see what the word of God says. Now, let's go back to our foundational. That was a long summation, huh? He's still reviewing. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 23. <laughs> Again. If you if, if you look at the why. Paul wrote to the Romans, if you look at the, his epistle to the church at Galatia, even the writer of Hebrews, they all have to do with people being afraid to leave an old system. They all deal with, Crystal, people still trying to justify themselves based upon works. That's not by coincidence. People who are afraid to live a better way because they thought that it's too easy to live like this. You have to do something to be righteous. You have to dress a certain way. You have to wear your hair a certain way. You have to look a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. In order to be right before God, that's not holy. Again, trying to establish righteousness based upon what you do. Are you with me? So the author emphasizes the superiority of Christ over the old covenant. Jesus is the supreme and superior mediator. This is what he's saying. Who? Jesus is the supreme and superior mediator. <laughs> he is the sinless high priest. And there is no longer a need, watch this, for repeated sacrifices because Jesus is the one and only sacrifice. His sacrifice provides all who believe in him access to the Father. And it is having that faith in Him that leads us into God's rest. Why? Because you believe. See, these, and throughout this, He talks about how Jesus is superior to the old prophets, to, to angels, to Moses, and all of these, and showing the people, listen, there is no other. 
what Jesus did is enough. So after he goes through all of this great detail, we see right here in, in 10 to 23, he says, now, hold fast to this. Don't go back to that old system. Because people will try to tell you. You ain't saved. Why? Because you are not doing such and such. You don't look like a, or whatever they may say. So you have to hold fast. I just don't believe in that. Just saying what God says. You got to go through some stuff to get rewarded. Don't you. you let me tell you something. Because let me tell you, because those who are going to receive this, let me tell you to get ready for it. Because it, it, when you get to that place where you live from the faith of Jesus and you enter into that rest, it's, it's it's, it's almost frightening because you're like, wow, I've been, this is what I've been, why didn't I know this years ago? And if you're not careful, it, it would almost make you feel guilty to be living that good. But that's the way God wants it. And you have people, even believers, who feel like something is wrong if things are going right. There are those who believe that you should always be going through. What did Jesus go through for? He went through so your going through would be easier. See, that's, that's that false humility, feeling like you've got to always be broke down. Man, study this word and get into God's rest. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. So you have to hold on to it. Put the definition up for that word profession, the Greek word homologia. This is what it means. So when he says hold fast, he said relative to your situation, Circumstances to your person. Say the same thing that God has said. <laughs> Don't look at what you see. Look at what he said. <laughs> it is to speak a is to speak a conclusion or lay the rest. What do you mean, speak the conclusion? Speaking to the conclusion is saying what God said about whatever the thing is you're going through. God says you heal. That's what you say. If he said you're blessed, that's what you say. Even if your house or even if you look like you're nowhere near a blessing, you confess that you are. If he delivered you, and that's part of your salvation, so take real experience. If he calls you delivered, whether you feel like it or whether you still seem like you've been coming through it, you confess, I am already delivered. And you hold fast to that. Why? Because he is faithful. It can refer to the collective Agreement of what? Christians about what? What God loves and hates and the courage to live it out or proclaim it. The convictions to live it out and the courage to proclaim it. So, again, this erases that idea of antinomianism. Saying there's no morality. We just live however we want to. Nobody never said that. Who said that? No. We're saying that when you live in agreement with God, you're going to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Well, what about such and such? You know he's, he said he's saved. Well, what about sister so-and-so? You know she's, whatever that is you're thinking. Well, a couple of things happened. If he or she lives in agreement with God, eventually they should get to the point 
where they love what he love and hate what he hate. So although he might be walking however now, if he really lives in agreement with God, tomorrow he's going to be a different man. Tomorrow she's going to be a different woman. Or else perhaps they never confessed Jesus in the first place. Because eventually there should be some transformation. So you won't say, you, you, you would declare, I was born whatever he made me at birth. Why? Because I live in agreement. Stay with me. It's the word. But, but see, because there's a final, sometimes we get self-satisfied in our foolishness. And here's the thing about the mind. The, whatever your brain, whatever you believe, your brain begins to attract reasons to support that belief. So if you think you are a chicken, your brain will uh, attract reasons to validate this is why you crow or whatever a chicken does. Because you think you're a chicken. That's why when you get in this word and you see that God calls you righteous, then the word will start attracting reasons to establish your righteousness and you will begin to walk. Yes, right. Oh, boy, y'all. Homologia also means to what? Say the same thing about what God says. Now, we just went over. Uh, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, Habakkuk 2.4. So Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, that word faith. Let's look at that word faith. Put that definition up. This is the, it's the Greek word pistis. So, and I want to show you this so we can establish whose faith we live from. Faith is always a, we're talking about pistis, Bible faith. Faith in his kingdom. Faith in God's government is a faith that's always a gift from God. And never something that can be produced by people. In short, pistis for the believer is God's divine persuasion. And therefore, distinct from human belief or confidence, yet involving it. So God's divine persuasion is different from ours, but he needs our involvement. Come on, Pastor. Come on. What does our involvement come in? Our involvement comes in, we put what he said, we receive it, and we say, Father, I agree with what you said. That's where your faith comes in. You place your faith in his faith. Just no different than you getting behind the car of somebody driving. In actuality, what you say, you are placing your faith in their hands. That's exactly what you're doing. Because you don't know if they've been committing running off a bridge all morning. You don't know if they've been thinking about driving that car into a lake. You don't know if they got a bomb up under the bottom of it and it's going off in nine minutes. So when you get in that car, you know what you're doing? You're placing your faith, whether you realize it or not, into their hands. You're saying, I trust that he or she, wherever we're going, will get me there safely. Well, when you become a believer, you place your confidence in the hands of Jesus. Are you here? So this kind of Bible faith. This kind of faith or Bible faith is not a virtue that could be worked up by human effort. Why? Because this type of persuasion comes from him. <laughs> so, and we said, so if God is granting this type of faith, then we have to understand whose faith is it. it we, we've seen this. We, we've been saying it. I don't know if we've been hearing ourselves. Even, you know, when we're in conversation, the just live by faith. We live, we trust God. We trust God. Well, 
If you trust God, that means you're putting your confidence in who? So this teaching shouldn't be that difficult to receive. We should be quick to immediately stop trying to produce stuff on our own. So notice it says, it's always a gift from God and never something that can be what produced. This is not my definition. Are you here? So let's look at this in-birth persuasion. Now, the word of God declares that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, witnesses every word shall be established. So let's look at a couple of verses to establish this. Romans 1, I'm sorry, Romans 12 and 3, ERV. You with me? Yes, sir. Amen. Just, I, I'm, I'm not worried about time today. I'm going to just get you out of this, and we're going to. You go back and watch it in sections if you, if you have to. But God wants you delivered. I want you delivered. God has given me a special gift, and that is why I have something to say to each of you. Don't think you are better than you really are. See, that's pride. There's nothing wrong with thinking good about yourselves or highly of yourself, just don't think more highly. See, when you, when you take it beyond, uh, 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 when you think more highly than you ought, you are now entered into the realm of pride. Are you here? You must see yourself just as you are. Decide what you are by the faith God has given you or the faith that God I think the, the traditional King James says God has allowed each one a measure of faith because I'm going to show you in a minute you, you can't even you, got, you, you didn't even get saved on your own God had to draw you. So when every man, when Holy, now he said the Holy Spirit would convict the word of sin. So when you hear the message, he gives every person faith enough where they are now positioned to receive him. But what we get out of here is that the faith is given by who? Guys, who, who? What does the scripture say? This, here's the thing, because whatever, put the king, if you want the King James, New King, whatever version you want up there, I, I, I'm trying to show you something. <laughs> Decide what you are by faith, by the faith that who has given you. So whether you say a measure or D measure, the faith still came from God. Because depending where you are, you, when, when the word comes, you may not need to hear it to the degree that I need to hear it. But whatever measure you need at that moment, he's going to give it to you. So if people be trying to play on where A major, D major, it don't matter what you, either way, however you got the measure, it came from God. That's the point. Hebrews. So that's one verse. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. New King James, if you prefer that. New King James. And again, King James did not write the Bible. His translation is one of the ones that's closest to the original Greek. Uh, so... God spoke, men wrote. Amen. Amen. There's one author, many penmen. And I suggest that you get a good authorized version that you are able to understand. Yes, sir. Hither, thee, ye, ye. That's not Greek nor Hebrew. That's 16th century English. Come on, Pastor. <laughs> so get you a Bible you can understand, man. Long as it has not. Now, there are some translations you need to be careful because some have actually taken the, away the true authentic meaning. 
See, there's a difference in enlightening what the author is trying to convey opposed to taking away the original intent. Therefore, uh, since we also surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with what? Endurance, the race that is set before us. Looking, looking unto Jesus, the author and He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice, he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and author is an originator. Are you here? An author is an inaugurator, a leader, a forerunner, a pioneer. Notice it says, he's the starter and finisher. Come on, nobody else. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Where's a good light, Crystal? <laughs> I want you to see. Is this good? Let me know when I'm in a good spot. Jesus <laughs> is on, the author in, in, in God's kingdom and finisher yes, of your faith. Yes, he is. Now, I just want to show you another translation, how it reads it. TPT, watch this. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. So in this kingdom, we look to the author and the finisher of our faith. Author, when you hear it, guess what? He inverts. You get that inverts persuasion. I'm jumping into Sunday's message. It's not finished. It's not finished until you agree with it. And once you agree with it, he seals it. Notice, oh, oh, I got to save that. I'm going to save it for Sunday. No, sit down. Y'all sit down. Sit down. The author clearly states that Jesus is the author. You getting this, Miss Hill? You good? Okay. Cut it into small pieces, darling. Just sometimes we're out. We're at, I think it was Morton's Steakhouse the other night. My son, he's he's a fillet man. He likes the fillet mignot. Isn't that what y'all call it? The mignot. <laughs> he likes he likes to play me out. He likes to be on play me out. Okay. And uh you know we anyway, and I always gotta get encourage him, son, you cutting the small slices. You you your slices are too big. Because if you you know if, if they're too big then it, it, you're not, it, it could go down the wrong way, and then, you, then not only that, you're not really enjoying the taste of it. So, and I'm saying that to say, if this seems to be too big, just chop it down into small pieces. Let it marinate. You see, you're trying to bite more than you can chew. Just, just, because it, the truth, see, it's knowing the truth that will set you free. But I, I, I trust you, me, them old thoughts and behaviors will not go out easy. So you chew it to the degree where you can eradicate that other foolery. So, a, notice he's the author and finisher. 
a fin that word uh, uh, finisher in the Greek, it literally means a perfecter, a completer, properly a consummator, <laughs> bringing the process to its finish. You remember some time ago when we, we talked about this? I said, when, when you speak the word, w see, when you agree with God, it consummates it. It completes it. It puts that thing in motion. So Jesus is the originator and the completer, the consummator. The one who completes all arrangements and agreements. Y'all looking at me like. He is the one who completes. Are we still alive? All arrangements and agreements. You can discover God's arrangements and his agreements in his word. And when you come into line with his arrangements and his agreements, Jesus finishes it. He comes. Y'all, here, here now we cutting real small pieces. Now I'm going I'm to read this to you. What he's saying. So he is the author and finisher of God's inbirth persuasion. So when we agree by adding our confidence in the faith of Jesus. As the mediator between God and man, it's like this. He says to the father, she agree, so shall it be. He agree, complete the arrangement. She agree, complete the agreement. Are you here? That's what it means to author and finish. Notice, it's not sealed until you agree. And since he's the mediator between God and man, Lord, she in agreement. And God, well, I'm bound by my word. I have to do it. Well, I've already done it. You have to release it. Are you here? That's why, let me give you a verse, let me throw something at you. That's why in 1 John 5, 14, he says, now this is the confidence that I have or that we have in him. That if he, that if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, he hears us. And since, and if we know that he hears us, how do you know if he hears you? When you say the same thing that he says. And since we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we ask. So despite how things look, as long as you are in agreement, hold fast. Why? Because he is faithful. Oh, you missed that. See, see, you can't be moved if it don't manifest in three days or three months. You have to know it was released the day that you came into agreement. And you have to know that it's on the way. Oh, boy, we just did two verses. At least let me give you all four. Watch this. Let me, let me jump in between before I give you the other two. Hebrews 11 and 1. Let me show you something else. We, we've been taught. Uh, here I'm saying this. Your faith is not the substance. His faith is the substance. Listen, that's why the harder you try, you only end up that much further away from whatever you believe in God for. Why? Because your faith can't do it. But if you put your faith in him, let the thing be sealed. 
it, it, it's, it's like this. When your request, y'all think I'm. Who makes intercession for you? Watch this. And of course, we know God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're one. So you're talking about one, you're talking about the other. Watch this. So if Jesus is the mediator between God and man, the mediator, so when you, when you hear, and he, notice he's the author, and you finish it by saying what he's saying. So when it gets before him, And perhaps if yours haven't been stepped, he's waiting on you to get an agreement so he can finish it. No, we got the petition. We just can't finish it until you agree. In other words, we're waiting on you to sign off on this. Oh, boy. Now, faith... <laughs> Is the substance of things hoped for. Okay, now let's just back up a minute. We already know that pistis only comes from who? God. So we know that this type of faith is a faith that's in birth by God. So now faith, God's in birth persuasion. His in-birth persuasion is the substance, not your faith. It's your faith in his in-birth persuasion. That word substance is the Greek word hypostasis, 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 whichever way you want to pronounce it. Put that definition up. Let me show you something. Hypostasis simply means a support, a substance. And I think the one translation is assurance. So now faith is assurance, substance, same thing. So God's in birth persuasion is the assurance. Are you here? God's word is the support whereby you stand. That's why I haven't done all. Stand. Why? Because my word is the support. All other grounds are seeking sand. <laughs> but my word. Standing under. See. See. This, see. Oh, my God. It's, it, we're standing on his word. I, we, we, we're fickle. How do I know? Because Monday, you were strong in faith Tuesday. I don't know. Ain't, nothing seems to be happening for me. I can't win for losing. Let me tell you why it's his word. Because since he couldn't find nobody else, word who was good, he had to swore by himself. Because I know my word is good. Heaven and earth will pass away before I go back on my word. So although they're fickle, if they can just put that little faith in my word. Standing under a what? A, Greek, a title deed. So God's word is the proof. Not your word. His word is the title. His word is the guaranteed agreement. To a promise of promise. What? A legitimate. Listen, it's legitimate. Why? Because whenever you, whenever God says something, it is literally under a legal standing. Entitling someone to what is guaranteed under a particular Agreement. How do I know what's guaranteed relative to my health, 
finances, children, marriage. It's in the word. And if you can find it in the word and bring that into agreement with God, it is a guarantee. Never heard this before. It's been here all the time. For the believer, so so go look it up. It has to give gives you the number to look it up in your concordance or your leading your Bible. I, I have nothing to hide. We're disclosing truth here. And I, 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 that, that's boldness, not arrogance. It's confidence in God's word, so don't misunderstand me. For the believer, that substance, it, see, you, I wasn't trying to be, suffices. Look, 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 here's the thing. Because sometimes when you declare the truth, people think you're a bit, no. So I didn't, mean, I, I didn't mean to offend you when I said this, your faith isn't the substance. I was just trying to bring enlightenment that it's his faith. For the believer, hypostasis is who? The Lord's guarantee to fulfill the faith who he embers in birth and it even gives you a reverence to Hebrews 11 to 1 so we know it's talking about him indeed we are only entitled to what God grants faith for how do I get faith for it faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. And if you are hearing the word of faith, or if you are hearing the word of God, God is putting that inbirth persuasion in you. And when you get to that point where you say, okay, Lord, I got enough. I'm putting my confidence in you. Then that thing has to be manifested. Why? Because it's guaranteed. So his faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Hope, that word hope, it, it, this is what it means. It's an expectation that actively awaits. No, let me, let me slow down. It's an expectation that's actively waiting for God's fulfillment about the faith he has in birth through the power of his love. So in other words, actively waiting. In other, th this is what happens. Your hope is reciprocated by your corresponding actions. Your actions is proof that God will manifest what he said. So even when the thing have not manifested, proof that you have hope or an expectation and that God will honor his word is you act like now. The thing is already here. And you talk like the thing is already here now. So you don't say, I'm going to be. No, I am. I already is. It's already done. Ah. Uh, now, let's go to another verse. Two more verses, and we can enjoy the rest of our Friday. Galatians. So we're looking at. This, this faith that we live from. Yes, sir. By the mouth of what? Two or three. We already done seen two. Yes, so that, that should be enough. We, should, we, we could really go home now. Come on. But I like to give you four. Yes, sir. Go ahead. So if there's one that you don't like, we'll use the other three. Come on, or if there's two that you don't like, we'll use the other two. Galatians 2. Just let me give you a little context. Boy, I am feeling good in here today. Paul goes on to let them know when I tried to live.
when I tried to please God by keeping the law, I wasn't really living for God at all. Then he says, the more I tried to live according to the law, really showed me how much of a failure I really was. Then he said, it's only when he gave up trying to achieve righteousness on his own and accepted the righteousness of God by faith in Christ that true living really began. So he says, it's only by accepting the righteousness of God by faith in Christ Jesus that he truly began living for God. And see, if you want to experience that liberality, stop relying on self-effort and enter into his rest. So he goes on to say that justification by faith actually means that it's possible to live for God. So if you really want to live for God, you have to receive this justification by faith, which is what I said at the beginning. So you have to say the same thing about yourself relative to your justification as God has said. That's when you have entered into his rest. So let's begin at verse 16, ERV, down to verse 21. Are you here? Verse 16. But we know that no one is made right with God by following the law. It is trusting in Jesus Christ that makes a person what? Right with God. So we have put our faith in Christ Jesus. We have put our, we have put our faith where? You have put your confidence where? Same, same thing. Faith. You have put your persuasion where? You have put your convictions where? So we have put our faith in Christ Jesus because we want it to be made right with God. So you want to be made right with God, put your confidence in Christ Jesus. Uh, not because we follow the law. I can say this because no one can be made right with God by what? Following the law. The Jews, we Jews came to Christ to be made right with God. So it is clear that we were sinners too. So he said, man, we weren't, we, we weren't made right with God by trying to keep a bunch of demands and doing things our, on our own, establishing self-righteousness. We were no better than a sinner. <laughs> That's why I said we were sinners too. Does this mean that Christ makes us sinners? Of course not. But I would be wrong to begin teaching again those things I gave up. See, that's why you have to hold fast to your profession of faith and don't even let religion denomination pull you back to a system that we're no longer under. It was the law itself that caused me to end my life under the law. I died to the law so that I could live for, see, he didn't start living until he put his confidence, his faith in Jesus. I have been nailed, watch, he said, I have been nailed to the cross with Christ. Verse 20, here it go. So I am not the one living now. It is Christ living in me. I still live in my body, but I live by faith in. I live by the faith of. I live by the faith from. I live by the faith in the Son of God. He is the one who loved me. And gave himself for me. I am not the one destroying the meaning of God's grace. Pastor Rex is not the one destroying the He's trying to bring, bring clarity to God's grace. If following the law is how people are made right with God, then Christ did not have to die. Or literally, he died in vain. And I end with this verse. So there are three verses we have established. That is in Christ, our faith in Christ. You know how you receive salvation? I said this earlier. God drew you. You, you, you could you come to God on your own. He drew you. Let's look at the word. John 6, 44, amplified. Last verse, thank you for your attention. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him 
That is, giving him the desire to come to me. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. No one can come to me. So, you heard the word, and the Father put that inbirth persuasion in you, and it drew you. You didn't come on your own. So God does the drawing to salvation, but we who are drawn must resign or submit in the process. He does the drawing. We just have to yield. See, we respond to his drawing us, but the drawing itself is all on his part. You respond to the drawing. He does the drawing. We respond to it. Well, why does God have to draw us to salvation? If he didn't, we would never come to him. Why? Because the natural man has no ability to come to God, nor does he even have the desire. That unregenerated, that sinful nature has no desire to come to God. Why? Because it is hostile toward God. Because his heart is hard and his mind is darkened, the unregenerate person does not desire God and is, and is actually an enemy, the, the unsaved person of God. You see that in Romans 5.10. Romans 5.8.7 says this, because the carnal mind is enmity or hostile hatred toward God, against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So you can't even come unless he inverts faith in you. Do you see that? Holy Spirit convicts us of our sinful state and our need for a Savior. Then what we must do when God awakens that interest in spiritual things and creates a desire within you, receive them. So there's four passages that would establish that this inbirth faith it's not something that we can conjure up on our own. It comes from the living God. Are you with me? New Testament faith is a faith that speaks and believes the same thing that God speaks and believes. It's a faith in Jesus and in his finished or his redemptive work. So when the word of God lets us know the just shall live by faith, we live by placing our confidence in the faith of what Jesus did. And that, beloved, is what makes life much easier. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.